Welcome to the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast, where we highlight nonprofit innovators, leaders, and influencers every week that are changing the sector for the better. I'm your host, Delaney Molinex, Executive Director of Nonprofit Hub. If you're not for profit and all for purpose, you're in the right place. You see, we know you're already doing good, but we've designed this podcast to help nonprofit professionals find growth, joy, and connection. So tune in weekly for new episodes to elevate your cause, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. We'd like to thank DonorBox for sponsoring today's episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. DonorBox is the online fundraising engine of choice for over 50,000 organizations in 96 countries. Their intuitive fundraising software was designed with your donors in mind. Go to DonorBox.org to sign up today. That's D-O-N-O-R-B-O-X dot O-R-G. Delaney here, Executive Director at Nonprofit Hub. This upcoming episode is with Patrice Davis. She is the founder and CEO of GrantWorks Consulting. I wanted to pick her brain about federal grants. Her practice works with all types of organizations and helping them obtain, manage, and comply with the grants um, and to make those the most useful as they could possibly be. But she's also a huge believer in making sure that nonprofit organizations are equipped and able to be the master of managing their own federal grants program. And she shares several ways that nonprofits can do that, but also all of the other resources that are coming out, even from the federal government, to help nonprofits apply and better manage federal grants. Stay tuned. Patrice, so happy to have you here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Great. So tell us more about yourself and your background and how you currently work with nonprofits. Absolutely. So, um, of course, I'm Patrice Davis and uh, founder and CEO of Grants Works and Grants Works Academy. So I actually started managing government grants. I kind of fell into the position um, uh, when I decided I needed to work part time, worked part time for a nonprofit. Um, and I was a grants manager. They had a number of HUD or HUD uh, sourced grants. And that was sort of the beginning of a change in my uh, career. I've managed uh, government grants for small nonprofits, large nonprofits. I've been a senior director of federal grants compliance. And um, I also, of course, manage grants at universities. And what kind of is a, a great mix, so to speak, is I also was a public health analyst at uh, the Centers for Disease Control and um, Prevention, CDC, as we know it. And one of my responsibilities was reviewing the continuation applications from grantees. So that was another side to grants. Grants works with uh, nonprofit organizations, of course, businesses, and of course, local governments to help them find, apply for, manage and comply with their government grants, um, primarily federal grants, but state and local grants as well. We also launched GrantsWorks Academy a few years ago. Um, we have a training that has been that has gotten rave reviews is currently uh, rated 4.5 out of 5 stars. So we really are passionate about federal grants. I'm one of those few people that actually like to read those uh, requirements. <laughs> so yeah, we, we love what we do. And we love yeah. working with organizations. Mm-hmm. It does take a specific kind of person to love reading like <laughs> nitty gritty, like agreements and contracts, but someone needs yeah. to do it. And, yes. and that's important to do. So, mm-hmm. um, well, super impressive background. 
you mentioned you kind of got into grants a little bit like later in your career. How, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked about a little bit just in, in introducing you that the conversation will be focused on nonprofits being able to have that capacity to manage grants themselves when they may not have been doing it before. But how did you learn? You know, great question. So um, I learned on the job. Um, one of the things that's important, and I always really credit this small nonprofit where I started my grant career in understanding that, hey, you know, and, and 80%, 85% of our revenue comes from these HUD source grants. We have to take it seriously. We need to hire someone. We need to put someone there to manage it. Because of my background, I actually worked um, in marketing. I was a campaign manager and I was the person that, you know, reviewed all the stats on the front end and on the back end and managed everything. So I was already very detail oriented. So I was able to just really translate that really analytic, you know, really deep dive kind of skills and apply that to grants. So I always, uh, when I speak with nonprofit organizations that are looking into hiring a grant manager for the first time is I recommend that they find someone who is um, ready to really, you know, read, analyze, and then figure out how to translate what they've read and analyzed into changes that the organization may need. So that's how I learned. I learned by doing it. Yeah, I think sometimes things like that, I have experience in my previous role. Um, it's just like taking that time and like not being afraid of it and like taking initiative. Um, I think that at first it just seems very intimidating. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've heard um, a, a number of other grant managers, I've heard them say over time that really what it takes to manage a government grant, I'm going to speak here primarily about federal grants, yes. is the willingness to sit and read and then figure yes. out what mean for our for our organization. Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of myths out there about grants. We actually had, I believe we have a blog article and I think another podcast interview with Teresa Huff about these myths. Mm-hmm. Um, what are a few specifically about federal grants that you know of? Absolutely. So some of the myths out there are that they're, and, and it's a myth, but at the same time, um, I can understand why organizations uh, tend to believe that, that they're hard to manage, that, um, that, you know, they're just difficult and tedious. And they're hard to manage and difficult and tedious because uh, when you compare them to uh, a foundation grant that may only require one report, um, whereas a federal grant may require four reports, um, and of course there's strings attached and you need to know what those strings entail, I can see how people can see that to be difficult, but it's only difficult if you don't apply resources uh, to that grant. So it's just a matter of really thinking about your federal grants differently than you think about foundation grants. So I would say definitely that's a myth. And that's why training is so important, making sure that your staff has the skill set to actually manage it and definitely change the way that you approach a federal or other government grant compared to a grant from um, a, a family or corporate foundation. Yeah, yeah. Some of the common questions that we had in a previous webinar about myths of grants were, how can we make sure our team is ready to tackle this? And, you know, how can you talk to an executive director or even a board who is like, go get the grant, go get the grant, but the team doesn't feel like they're ready for that, or there are things that aren't quite in place. So is every nonprofit fit for grants? Why or why not? And what are some of those key indicators that nonprofits should be hitting to begin applying and making sure that, or applying and then making sure that complying is something that they can, they can chew? That's an excellent question. So there are a couple of things to consider. So 
I do think that once a nonprofit organization has reached a certain stage in terms of its capacity, its ability to deliver programs, and more importantly, especially as it relates to grants, their ability to manage a grant. So that's really what it kind of comes down to. A lot of nonprofits are great at delivering um, the services and programs and projects and initiative. Um, but And a lot of them are also great, of course, at also managing the financial aspects of everything that they're doing programmatically. Um, so my thinking is, if an organization um, has a financial management system, they have some kind of an accountability system or process in place, then they are ready to take on a grant um, because becoming grant ready, it really does boil down to, do you have certain resources in place? Do you have processes in place? And if you don't have them in place, do you have a plan to move forward? um, Or do you have a plan to actually initiate some of these processes um, and then document them? Because one of the things that's really important to know is that once you receive any government grant, you know, there's, again, much more accountability. Um, I think that's a great goal for an organization to have, because if you're able to comply with a government grant, then you're, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting pretty for any other kind of grant um, and any other thing that you need to, of course, make sure you have accountability for. Yep, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a little bit ago that there are organizations who have up to 80% of their funding is, is in federal grants. Mm-hmm. Um, what does what exactly does a nonprofit look like that is ideal for, for a federal grant? And is like that 80%, is that common to have that substantial mm-hmm. of um, your revenue coming in from a federal grant? You know, that in my thinking is that at that time, um, having 80 to 85% of your revenue coming in from a federal grant um, it's probably, well, I, you know, here, here are my thoughts about it. So because this particular organization worked in housing, that, that in and of itself um, helps to explain why such a large percentage came from not just federal grants, but of course, state and local government grants. Many of those were still sourced from federal funds. But, you know, that is not common. But I think that the, depending on the kind of work that the organization does, I can certainly understand that. When you work in housing, um, you know, obviously you need to have a revenue source that is reliable. And so with federal and other government grants, there's the ability to renew the grant every year at either the same amount or an increase. Um, and so having... If you're working in housing, and that's just one example, having a reliable, large, typically larger source of funding um, is great. Now, they also receive, of course, individual donations, corporate donations, and other sources of funding. That's what the other 15% came from. But definitely, I would say that... um, You know, in that instance, I I definitely believe that that was normal for housing. I don't think that's a great position to be in overall, to have that large of a mix in government grants. Right. Mm -hmm. So the nonprofit audience is a mix of all causes and verticals. So if Mm -hmm. we're speaking to people who haven't quite dabbled in federal grants, Mm -hmm. this is kind of what you specialize in is getting people started and training on this. What other causes and verticals might um, should like which ones should be seriously considering something like this? Oh, absolutely. So um, definitely, as I said, housing, youth development, education, uh, anything having to do with, uh, let me think, certainly, uh, of course, I also work with businesses and anything having to do, of course, with research. I'm trying to think of some other, some of my other mix of clients, but definitely education, youth development and housing. Those are 
primarily where my my clients are 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 from because they realize there um, of course is a lot of funding from from the U.S. Department of Education um, and another one definitely is anything having to do with environmental justice. Yeah, uh, definitely work with a lot of organizations that are in the environmental justice, clean energy space because there especially since there's been so much funding, billions of dollars of funding from the Inflation Reduction Act and the bipartisan infrastructure law. A lot of nonprofits are receiving funding um, um, that work in that in environmental justice and environmental remediation, um, you know, watershed protection, anything in that space, I would definitely uh, recommend for federal and other government grants. Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast, and I'd like to tell you about today's sponsor, DonorBox. DonorBox has a simple mission to do everything possible to support nonprofit organizations in their efforts to make a difference. From hitting your first campaign goal to growing into a sustainable and thriving nonprofit, DonorBox makes it easy for organizations to maximize donations and attract more supporters. From charities to social impact groups to faith-based organizations, DonorBox delivers a simple, seamless donation experience for your supporters. So visit DonorBox.org to sign up with no setup or monthly fees and no contract required. That's DonorBox.org. Now here's Delaney and the rest of her conversation with Patrice Davis. We're talking a lot about solutions to these myths about federal grants. Um, oftentimes, technology and solutions fail within an organization, meaning that technology might not always be the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's kind of where nonprofits heads go when they don't have the capacity for something, what what kinds of technology could help them tackle this problem or what type of nonprofit solution could help. But Mm -hmm. that might not always be the answer. And why do you think that is? So my thinking is that technologies, we call them technology fails, um, and so you have to be able to adapt to those technology fails. One of the ways to adapt is to make sure that you actually have the human capacity to, to resolve an issue, resolve a problem. And one of the ways you can make sure you have that quote unquote human capacity is making sure that your, your team, your staff has the knowledge. And one, of course, you know, you have to have training. You have to, um, at least understand the fundamentals of whatever it is that you're trying to tackle. So I'm going to use it, of course, in the context of a a federal grant. When you receive the federal grant, one of the first things I always recommend to our clients um, and that we typically do for them is we really go through their notice of award with a fine-tooth comb. When you go through your award with a fine-tooth comb um, and you know exactly what your responsibilities are, um, you know what your deadlines are, then it's much easier to adapt to some technology fail. Now, there are grant management software out there. Um, um, This is my year to learn more about the ones that are out on the market that are being used by some of our our clients or can be considered to be used by some of our clients. And, you know, so obviously they can more than likely walk you through making sure you submit on time. There are probably checks that are in place to make sure you're not entering a number incorrectly. But one of the things you should probably know is the fundamentals of the grant so that technology enhances your capacity, but you're not dependent on that on that technology. So that's that's my thought about it. Yeah, I think that's an important, like just the way enhancing versus dependence. Mm-hmm. Um, nonprofit infrastructure and poor management is often considered the number one reason why nonprofits aren't succeeding or growing. And I've been reading a little bit about this. You, you truly believe that the solution is training and building staff capacity. Why is this beneficial and why are you so passionate about it? 
I'm so it's beneficial because and I keep going back to my very first job as a grant manager and thinking how the organization realized from the very beginning, this is something we don't have and we need to make sure that we have someone in the space managing it so that the program folks can focus on what they're good at, which is managing the program. The executive director and other staff can focus on what they're good at. So as long as you're able to apply a certain resource or training or increasing your organization's capacity, then it's almost like, you know, you're sort of growing together if that, if that makes any sense. Um, but you need to make sure that you have resources in place, not just to make sure that your program um, is running efficiently. You need to make sure that the organizational foundation is as strong as possible. I think a lot of times nonprofit founders um, and many of the programmatic staff and, and, and certainly other um, positions in the nonprofit, they're so focused on just their area, maybe again, uh, having the impact in the community, but in order to be able to enhance that impact or increase that impact, um, you need to ensure that you have funding in place so that you can continue to run those programs. Um, there are going to be opportunities that come as a result of that impact. And how can you really uh, better serve that community? You can better serve that community by, again, increasing the funding, increasing your sources of funding. Um, if you continuously approach, you know, certain foundations and, you know, other places that you may tap in for funding, after a while, you're going to realize that they, we, we really need to diversify. And one of the ways to diversify is to consider government grants. Another reason this is so important is that um, as a result of everything we endured in the last three or four years, the federal government has realized that a lot of organizations don't have the capacity. And so they're actually building and, and funding organizations to serve as technical assistance centers for nonprofits so that they have access to technical assistance to be able to apply yeah. for those grants. So that's my thought about that. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, it's like the federal government is experiencing just as many problems as the nonprofit when if the nonprofit doesn't know <laughs> what to do with the grant, um, you know, it's not that like, I mean, the government wants like them to succeed as well. That's why they yeah. do. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, another reason that I think um, you've mentioned to me before is that is hiring a consultant or a contractor or hiring someone like you to like find a federal grant for you or et cetera. Is that a long-term solution? Um, you know, it's, you know, that's a great, it's not a long-term solution, I think. And so some organizations, they come to us when they're really interested in a pro, in understanding more about federal grants. And of course, we're, we're there, we provide the service um, and, and, and it helps them. And of course, it increases their confidence in their ability to now um, try to, of course, apply and get awarded a federal grant. What we always tell our clients is, yes, we're, we're, we're here to make sure that you are well positioned um, to apply and manage the grant. But once you receive these grants, it's important that you have resources in place or training so that you aren't dependent on a consultant or a contractor. And that's why I keep, you know, harping on the capacity, increasing the capacity. And so if that means hiring a part-time grant manager, and that's obviously going to be separate typically from your grant writer. So a lot of times organizations tend to rely on their grant writer to also manage the grant. And that may be okay for a foundation grant, certainly not probably going to be the best situation for a government grant. Your grant writer is positioned to find funding and, of course, uh, submit proposals to get awarded, maybe not uh, complying with the requirements of a local, state, or government grant. So just something to consider. You may want to definitely invest in someone who's actually going to be devoted to managing your, your, your government grants. 
Yeah. And this is a great segue into another question that I wanted to ask you, but you mentioned being uh, communicating to a nonprofit that this is what it's going to look like after we get you this grant. And like, this is what you need to be prepared for. Mm -hmm. And this is what I will do for you. And this is what I'm not going to be able to do for you. Do you have any other insight into like other disconnects that might exist between nonprofit technology or nonprofit innovators and nonprofit management, how those things can be improved? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the disconnects, I continue to be centered around understanding some of the fundamentals of um, what's required for your organization to succeed. And one of the things that you want to do, of course, is make sure your staff has the capacity um, and that you're focusing both on what you can achieve programmatically and what you can achieve as an organization. In the context of a grant, making sure that your team knows what the requirements of the grants are and that they're reporting to you. You can actually require that your team, you know, reports back to you. Okay. We've received these three government grants. What does that look like for our organization? What does our organization need to do in order to not only achieve what we we said we were going to achieve with the grant, but what procedures do we need to make sure are changed or modified within our organization? And all of that has to do with people, not technology. So I think we can't rely on technology. And as we said earlier, make sure it enhances what the organization can do, not necessarily um, be sort of a system that we rely on. Yeah. All of that has to do with, in, you know, enhancing your, your staff capacity, making yeah. sure they're trained up um, and making sure there's like an accountability um, system in place, so to speak. So they're keeping everyone, everyone's keeping um, each other accountable, what needs to be done for this particular grant. Yeah. Yeah. I love the accountability piece. I think mm-hmm. that, um, that's huge. I mean, especially with grants, I can imagine that, you know, leadership might get a grant and, but what does that mean for the program staff? Like what reports are they going to have to provide? Like what data do they need to start providing and at what frequency and duration and all of that kind of a thing, you know, that's, that's a big task. And how are you going to hold them accountable to that? Well, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. So now the juices are starting to flow, right? So (laughs) the juices are starting to flow. Um, So I think one of the things to consider is organizations do things differently. So I will tell you what was done in an organization where I worked, where grants were a part of the funding mix. Um, and federal grants, of course, were were part of that funding mix. So we took it seriously. Every and I'm certainly not saying organizations don't take it seriously. One of the things that we did when we first received that notice of award, right, is that we had someone or two people on our team actually analyze that award to determine what are the new requirements and what does that mean for our organization. We would literally go through it and, and of course, develop what those requirements are and what does that mean for our existing processes. And so then, of course, we would engage a few other folks to make sure we can change whatever processes and then communicate that to the team. So what I just described is a multi-phase process. So we also made sure that we were collaborating really, really closely with the program team. So the program team, the accounting folks, the finance folks, even payroll, because of course, many of these grants cover a certain portion of a person's salary, that four or five person let's say department, that was a collaborative effort. And so one of the things we also caution against is making sure that you don't see grants as something only the finance and accounting folks are responsible for. Everyone in your organization that, you know, program folks, finance, all of these different departments need to be working together and keeping each other accountable. Um, And so that's just really looking at a grant as a system-wide responsibility, not just something that the finance folks are responsible for. Another thing that we've seen in some instances where 
It actually sits only in the program team. And the program team are now responsible for compliance and managing the programs. I also don't, you know, I also caution against this because your program folks are great at managing their program. They're subject matter experts in a particular program. They're not going to be the experts of managing your budget. They're not going to be the experts of managing compliance. And so we always caution against having that sit in the program um, department. And as a result, that's why we always say, make sure both program and finance are speaking to each other, collaborating and are holding each other accountable. And we always, of course, provide recommendations on how to do that. But that's definitely my thought about it. Yeah, that's really awesome Mm -hmm. insight. Mm -hmm. Well, Patrice, what um, we are, we used to have, uh, um, we used to say a lot of times helping Mm -hmm profits grow um, and helping them to do good. We know they're doing good. What is something that you can share with everyone listening in um, that's good news for the nonprofit sector? Wow. Uh, so there are a couple of great things. So just know that, as I said, from, from at least the government grant space, government agencies, especially the federal government, is aware that they need to ensure that organizations have the capacity to apply and manage grants. And as a result, they're actually funding. I actually managed a government grant application for a large organization. They're actually funding technical assistance centers around the country so that nonprofits can actually go to these technical assistance centers and, and learn how to uh, manage the grant and 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 of course um, of course apply and then manage a grant. So that's a good thing because that now means more nonprofits have access to different sources of funding. Uh, they're not constantly tapping into the foundations or some of the other sources that they've relied on in the past. Now they have realistic opportunity to uh, to actually tap into local, state, and federal grant funding. Um, so that's something I'm really really excited about. I'm actually a part of an organization. It's called the Justice. For Accelerator, and they do basically are doing this for organizations that work in the green energy and anything have you know environmental justice space. So that's one of a number that are uh, sort of popping up around the country. Be on the lookout for those in your community. Um, and you know, I do also want to point out that it's recognized as an issue even for small government agencies. Many times, small government agencies and rural uh, government agencies aren't able to tap into those federal dollars. And so even they are receiving technical assistance support from the federal government. So I just want to make sure everyone understands that this is something that's understood, accepted by the federal government as something that they definitely need to address. One of the ways to address it is to make sure that they fund it. And once it's funded, making sure that that's communicated outward. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great news. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for being on Patrice. It was a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast episode. For more resources on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out the number one nonprofit toolbox at nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast.